Here's a cheer for beer, sir, a cheer for good old beer. It'll be a glorious day, sir, when we get back our beers. Hi, this is Woody Sobey on Radio Boise with the Boise Brew Minute, where I talk with locals in the beer scene to find out what's brewing in Boise. Today I'm talking with Ken from 44 North. Ken, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. You guys are uh, not a brewery like we often talk to, but instead a distillery, and that that often starts with the same basic process of the mash like you would do with beer and whatnot, but then you throw it into a still, and there's all sorts of different types of stills out there. I think most people are familiar with the pot still. What do you guys use at 44 North? Well, we use a four-column still, you know, basically uh, very different than a, than a pot still in that it's able to get the alcohol levels up to a much higher level. And so how, how does that work? What exactly is going on in those four columns? Well, basically the columns are cylinders and each cylinder has plates that have holes in them. So as you're heating up the, the beer, in our case, potato beer, and you're releasing this combination of water and alcohol vapors, it's going through these columns, it's hitting these plates, condensing, recondensing, and with each plate, the alcohol is getting up to a finer and finer level. And also certain columns are removing impurities, things that you don't want, particularly in a white spirit, as it goes through the process. So I think with the, the pot still that a lot of people are familiar with, you have just a giant pot, you, you boil it or near boil the uh, beer that you're putting in there, and uh, as a result, the alcohol boils off first and you get a little bit of the water through, but each of those plates you talked about basically acts almost like its own mini pot still with the distillation happening on each of those plates, is that correct? Exactly. And each column has, as they go up, there are outlets on those columns. So you're able to pull different chemical compounds off as you're going up or down the column. So um, you're able to get to kind of that sweet spot in the, the distillation process, which is the most refined high proof alcohol and first the pot still where you're maybe getting anywhere from up to 135 to 175 proof we're getting up to over 190 proof to make vodka and that's got to be about the theoretical limit that you can get with a still isn't it pretty much because after a certain point alcohol begins to interact with the water in the atmosphere so it's impossible pretty much to create pure ethanol because of the interaction of ethanol with atmospheric water I think that's such a wild idea that the the alcohol can get so high that it actually starts drying out the air to pull water into the spirit that you're making. Kind of a, a fascinating effect there. Exactly. And, you know, it, they're just scientifically, there are so many different elements that go into this, and including those kinds of theoretical limits of producing these kinds of compounds. So going back for a second, your four columns, does it go through all four simultaneously? Or does it go to the top of one and then drop down to the next one? Or, or how does it how does it get through all four mm -hmm. of those columns? Well, as I said earlier, each column has different points at which things are pulled off. But some columns specialize in removing specific compounds. So, for example, the first column is really a stripping column. And what the stripping column does is it takes the beer and it goes through at a very, very high rate. And it's basically just kind of getting your alcohol up to a certain level, but without any regards to the actual let's just say, purity or removal of impurities. That kind of comes later in the, in the columns that comes after the, the stripping column. And you mentioned they have a number of plates in there. Do they all have the same number of plates in the, the columns? Well, those plates can vary, and it's 
varies will, will will vary in accordance to what kind of feedstock you're working with. So you may change plates to work with potato differently than wheat. We actually make two different kinds of white spirit. We have a wheat vodka, we have base, and we have a potato base. And you may change those columns because of the way those feedstocks interact. And you know, kind of getting back a little bit in the process is that the fermentation of potato is very different than the fermentation of wheat. And then you result in the process of adding yeast, you, you end up with kind of different smells because of different organic compounds that are being produced. So you're going to adjust the columns to basically remove those compounds that will vary between the wheat and the potato. Potato is what people think of as being sort of the base for vodka, but uh, there's obviously a lot of other things. You guys do your 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 one potato vodka there. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what goes into that? Well, basically what we try to do is always start, obviously, with 100% Idaho potatoes, and then those potatoes are essentially uh, stored, but before we store them, they have to be dried out because if you took wet potatoes out of the field and you left them just sitting there, you'd come back to all kinds of interesting things, you know, probably that start sprouting, but also those are live biological things. So what we will do is dry out those potatoes and create a potato flour. And that potato flour can sit, it's basically inert. So that um, those potato flakes will sit there and when you put them into the cooker and eventually add yeast, those yeast are competing with fewer biological things such as, you know, bacteria that are competitive to yeast. So when the yeast are happy and they have kind of the tank to themselves, they produce much higher quality alcohol because they're under less stress. So think about it this way, is a happy yeast make good alcohol, stressed yeast make bad alcohol. And sometimes depending on the alcohol you're trying to make or the application, sometimes you might want to make quote unquote bad alcohol. What we call bad alcohol is different than what someone who's making whiskey may consider bad alcohol. Yeah, um, the, the, the bad there is a lot of the off flavors or the, the characteristics that you would get in in a whiskey or some other darker spirit that you wouldn't necessarily, the, the other flavors coming through that you wouldn't necessarily want in a vodka, correct? Exactly. The processes that you'd use to make a great vodka would not make a great whiskey. And you talked about throwing the yeast in there with the potatoes. Do you need any uh, any barley or any amylase or anything like that? Or how, how do you convert the starches? Very good question. Well, in, in our potato vodka, it's just 100% Idaho potato. And then basically, when you think about it versus corn, very simply, there's no such thing as high fructose uh, potato syrup, which means that potatoes have a lot less sugar per ton. So how do you take the sugar in a potato, quote unquote, theoretical sugar in a potato and get it out for the yeast to consume? So what you have to do is basically take that potato and those big starch complex carbohydrates and you have to break them down with a bunch of enzymes. So some enzymes are added when the beer is being heated up and then some enzymes are added later in the cooling process. So they're basically a combination of hot and cold enzymes that are working on that kind of potato beer, potato slurry, so to speak. And what's happening is, is imagine those enzymes as scissors, and they're basically cutting those complex carbohydrates, so starches you find in a potato, into sugars that the yeast can more easily digest. So once again, makes the yeast happy, makes them produce better alcohol. 
And uh, the reason you put them in at different times is to prevent denaturing of those enzymes. Is that correct? Well, you know, enzymes are like yeast, I guess, in that they like to work at various temperatures. Some work at hot temperatures, some work at colder temperatures. And it's just the kind of the proprietary way that we found that we can get the highest level of alcohol out of the potato. You know, whereas um, most people are getting single digit percentages of, of alcohol in their potato beer were actually able to get up into double digits uh, pretty well and consistently by the combination of these, these two enzymes. Well, uh, Ken from 44 North, thanks so much for your time today and uh, good talking to you about vodka and cheers. Cheers. Thank you. This has been the Boise Bruminant, a Drowned Chipmunk production here on Radio Boise. For more information about the show, including archives of previous shows, please visit drownedchipmunk.com. Drive away the blue law blues, we'll fill ourselves with cheer. And when we're coming from home from work, we'll stop for a glass of beer. Hey, here's a cheerful beer, sir, a cheer for good old beer. It'll be a glorious day, sir, when we get back our beer.